0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Fix. Seems like it's been a long time, but Andrew Wilbar and I are actually here together talking Pittsburgh Steelers football on BTSC Steelers Fix. Andrew, how are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing well. Things are staying busy right now. I'm watching as we're recording. I'm watching the Monday night game. I need Saquon Barkley. Yeah. in one of my main leagues Give me 24 points. That does Ooh. not look like that is going to happen tonight.
0: Yeah. Um. I need him in probably three or four different leagues. I went
1: heavy Saquon he, Barkley. He even one of the leagues that I'm playing, yeah. you, I think, yeah, you're, but I think you're already going to win in that one. So yeah,
0: we'll see how it goes. But hey, I'll take as many points as I can get. Here's one interesting thing about being in a lot of fantasy football leagues. You know, you got different players matched up against each other. I'm in one league where I need Zeke Elliott to have a big day and Saquon Barkley to have a bad. like a really bad day. And, but mo- the majority of my other leagues, I need Saquon to have a good day and Zeke Elliott to have a not so good day. I've got two specifically where <clears throat> I have the reverse uh, of those. So hopefully, you know, it works out to where, you know, maybe, maybe it's enough from both sides, but you probably don't get that all the time. So,
1: right. I all think, right. It, I think we're playing each other in two leagues this week, aren't we?
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're correct. Um, I think
1: in the the your league and, and then, then the dynasty league, right? dynasty league.
0: Yeah, I haven't checked um the scores in a way that I would remember exactly how I'm each of those. I but. think
1: I'm beating you in your league, and you're beating me by like forty in the dynasty league. All right, okay. Because <laughs> I, I looked at that one earlier. My players are done, and you're projected to finish with, like, 159, and I only had 109. you already – we're in the 130s. Okay, gotcha. tonight, so.
0: Hey, that's how it goes, right? Uh, we'll take all, right. all we can get for fantasy football. Uh, this show uh, is, as always, brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Before this show comes out on Tuesday mornings, you have the cutting room floor with – with Jeffrey Benedict and he does an incredible job going through the game tape and pulling out uh, things that stood out to him about the Steelers and and their opponents and uh, what they can work on and what things they are doing well. So if you haven't checked out the latest edition of the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict, go back uh, after you listen to this one and check that out. And then looking forward to another Scobro show later tonight as well, that's going to be, uh, as always, a fun one. Uh, big bro, Sco and uh, and uh, Dave are always uh, a hoot together and so we're looking to uh, looking forward to that. But uh, Andrew, let's get, let's get into a little bit of news um, from Monday uh, specifically because um, there's not really anything new by the time you listen to this, uh, you'll probably get an update on um, some Steelers. Uh, situations from Mike Tomlin in his weekly press conference, um, maybe talking to Kella Witherspoon, how he's doing, what his timetable is looking like. Um, you know, maybe a reporter will ask an update on the TJ Watt situation as well. We'd love to see him back sooner rather than later. I think if he were to come back after just four games, he could be available in time for Tampa Bay, which would be incredible. Don't know if we're going to get that, but that would be fantastic. It, a huge boost to this team. Um, but <clears throat> There was some AFC North news and some scary news, actually, uh, hearing about uh, Miles Garrett uh, of the Cleveland Browns being involved in a one vehicle car wreck. I believe he was discharged from the hospital on Monday night, but uh, his injuries were still being evaluated last we heard. So, if uh, you know, we'll see how this affects him in the game. But it sounds like non life threatening injuries. Andrew, did you get a chance to see what that wreck looked like? It looked pretty crazy.
1: I didn't get a chance to look at it. I just saw the tweet that it had occurred. Obviously Um, you know, you never want that to happen regardless of what team it is or what player it is, anything like that. You never want anything like that to happen. So obviously hope for a quick recovery for him um, and that uh, none of these injuries will be long-term cause long-term damage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He did have a passenger in the vehicle with him who Mm. might be in a little bit worse shape, but still no non-life or no life-threatening injuries for either one. But uh, definitely prayers going up for Miles Garrett and uh, the passenger in the vehicle with him. So uh, we'll keep up to date on that. And then uh, a little more lighthearted news. Um, we got an update to the Pro Bowl, Andrew. And I think there's going to be some mixed reaction from fans on this one. But how do you feel about the the NFL going away from an actual Pro Bowl live contact game to a flag football exhibition with a bunch of contests throughout the week? more of like a vacation time for these players, as opposed to, Hey, we've got an actual game on Sunday. What do you think?
1: I think it's okay for a try. I could go either way on this. I like the different contests they're going to be doing throughout the week. I think that will be interesting and it will draw enough intrigue because the game is the actual game in of itself has kind of gone downhill because you can tell the players aren't really trying. You have a couple that are more than others and that gives the other team an unfair advantage. I I liked it just because I'm, I don't like change. I just like sticking (laughs) with what it's been. Uh, But really at this point, Guys that make the Pro Bowl, really all it is at this point is just, you know, to add to your resume for Canton. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's gotten so watered down with guys that aren't participating because either they're in the Super Bowl or they don't want to risk injury. So they choose not to play. So I can understand it. I think a flag football game will be interesting. Uh, I definitely do hope that the NFL doesn't get any ideas with this and want to make this the, um they're, yeah. they're, they're trending more towards safer football. This would be safer football. So we'll see how much, uh, Fans really like this, and uh, uh, I can guarantee you there'll be at least a few knuckleheads on Twitter that will be talking about, you know, how they need to make this, you know, just how football is played from now on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's always knuckleheads on Twitter, right? And, uh, I, you know, you talked about not liking change. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show, Andrew Wilbar, but the title of today's show is Debating Mitchell Trubisky... Should he get more time or should the Steelers go ahead and bring in Kenny Pickett? We're going to get to that in the second half of the show. And Andrew Wilbar and I are going to have a knockdown drag out about what should happen uh, with the Steelers moving forward at the quarterback position. So definitely stick around to the second half of the show, Andrew.
1: Who's going to be the one that's going to defend Mason
0: Rudolph? See, uh, he uh, is being an inactive participant on Sundays kind of removes him from the conversation at this point. but I think you could argue that uh, he has looked better than uh, some of the quarterback play we've seen this year so far. True. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no defense of Mason Rudolph here we'll we'll leave that up to uh, other pundits and whatnot. So um, that was the news though, uh, ladies and gentlemen. and uh, so before we get to the second and a half of the show, where we're going to do uh, our knockdown dragout argument over Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett. Um, actually, you know what I'd like to see, Andrew, is a knockdown dragout between Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett for the starting job. And whoever wins that just wins the starting job. What do you think?
1: I feel like that would turn almost into. room uh, would be trying to turn it into like a beauty contest. Oh, okay. And stuff between the Mitch look and the Kenny look and see who. Woo. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that would go over well.
0: Yeah, probably not. You know, um, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, beating up of things, uh, in week three, uh, looking at you, Ken Dorsey in, in Buffalo and, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy got into it on the sideline a little bit more verbally, obviously than, than fisticuffs. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's tone down the, the fights for the rest of the, of the, the season, and uh, uh, let's do this civilly, I guess. But uh, the bugs
1: and Carlos Davis when you need them,
0: that's right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so let's before we get into, into that in the second half, let's look ahead to week four here because we're coming off a uh, two games in a row where the Steelers have looked less than stellar and uh, have gotten beat in, in response to looking bad, <laughs> I guess, beating themselves a little bit, not making the plays when it's necessary having long uh, time frames where they're just completely ineffective on offense and the defense giving up long drives and uh, lots of time of possession, staying on the field a lot. So Andrew, we're looking ahead to week four. We got uh, a Jets team that had a crazy win over Cleveland, but otherwise has, uh, has looked pretty uh, inferior in uh, two other matchups uh, against AFC North opponents. Crazy, uh, First four weeks for the Jets, who run up against all four AFC North teams in a row. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and now Pittsburgh. Zach Wilson might be back in this game. We'll have to keep an eye on that. That could be a big development for this game. But, Andrew, we want to talk about how can the Steelers beat the Jets in week four? How can they rebound and get to two and two before the really tough stretch comes up? What do you think?
1: I was kind of honest. Start, even though he's honestly looked better in some ways than what Zach Wilson did um, in the preseason before the injury and what he'd looked like, like in camp and all that stuff. I think that would have added to the storylines, you know, Flacco coming back to play Pittsburgh again, yeah. and I would have been fine with it. We've, you know, had some decent success against Joe Flacco. Uh, but looking at overall, I think it comes down to can the Steelers adjust along the defensive line the combination of brees hall and michael carter the true thunder and lightning There's it's almost a 50 Hall all starting to get a little bit more come a little bit more efficient getting i i feel like it's getting to the point where this could be a breakout game this seems like it's the perfect breakout game for brees hall and the way that it lines up the steelers do not always do great against running back by committees when the pace and it, it just sometimes causes fits for the Steelers, especially against a team like the Jets, a team that that the Steelers would struggle against unnecessarily. And I think that's what's concerning. It should concern Steelers fans. It's just one of those games that always seems to be a trap on the schedule. It's something the Steelers struggle with every year under Mike Tom, when there's always a game or two that the Steelers shouldn't lose. This year, I know the Steelers right now do not look like a top team uh, when you watch them on the field, but still a team that in all honesty, if you look at the matchups just straight ahead, the Steelers should beat based upon talent, but it still looks like a trap game. And it would not shock me if the jets come away on top of this one, not because of the Steelers offense being inferior to the jets, mm-hmm. or even because of the play going being bad, just because of Mike Tomlin and getting over the hump in these games. And the Steelers just always tend to struggle. And there's always that player who comes out of nowhere, who nobody's ever even heard of, who has a huge game. Yeah. I'm afraid that that's going to happen this week.
0: Yeah, we saw that even though the Steelers didn't lose last year to the Bears, we saw Justin Fields have by far his best passing outing ever against Pittsburgh uh, through for over 300 yards passing. And I mean, I don't think he has even 200 through three weeks uh, in 2022. So, you know, I, I agree with you. There's there always seems to be you know that that group that that game that the Steelers shouldn't lose that uh, they should have a talent advantage on both sides of the ball and they just blow it. But I don't know if that's going to happen this year against the Jets because I think the Steelers realize that they're up against a the wall. They see the upcoming schedule. They know that they're not the Ben Roethlisberger-led teams of yesteryear. They know they don't have. T.J. Watt in there to make things easier on the defensive side. So I think they're going to get up for this game, and Mike Tomlin's going to put it to him straight. I, I believe that, that they, they're stinking up the joint right now, and that can't happen if they want to beat the Jets. I think one of the things that frustrated me the most about the loss to uh, the the Browns was the success the Steelers were, had running the ball in the first half, uh, 4.7 yards to carry throughout the whole of the game, but it was more than that in the first half. And then Matt Canada just decided, I don't want to run the football anymore. Or, you know, the Steelers got themselves into some situations where they put themselves in third and long because of some short runs. And so it was like, ah, the run's not working anymore. And and they just gave up on it. But I don't think you can do that. This offense needs a running game to be successful in the passing game. And I think that's part of what made the offense so effective in the first half before it went completely downhill. And uh, Jalen Warren, needs to be a part of this running game uh, in more, you know, a bigger facet than he was even in week three. And that's nothing against Najee Harris, but the way that they feed off of each other and the the difference of styles, I think could be a huge boost to this offense moving forward. And I think they got to establish the run in this game to have a chance. And then uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers, um, Alex Highsmith has four and a half sacks this year. That's the league lead in sacks uh, going into Monday night football. And, you know, he he's getting to the quarterback. We know he didn't do it in week two against the Patriots, but he got there one and a half times again uh, against Cleveland uh, to add to his three from week one. So pressuring Wilson or Flacco, whoever's back there. Wilson, because he's coming off an injury, he's going to be a little bit rusty if he's there. Flacco, because – He's basically what Ben Roethlisberger was last year, and that's a Stone Age pony in the pocket, not going anywhere. The defense has to put pressure on these guys because the stable of weapons, like you talked about, uh, is pretty good for the Jets, and and those guys can win some one-on-one matchups. So, Any last thoughts on the Jets' Steelers before we move on?
1: Well, One favorable thing for the Steelers is that the Jets' offensive line is still relatively young. They've gotten better. They've improved. They've added pieces both through free agency and the draft but they haven't gelled yet. They're still young. They still make some mental mistakes. If the Steelers can get in their heads early, get some success in that first quarter, the Steelers may be able to impose their will at the beginning of the game, but if the Jets go down the first drive and they're able to run at will, it could be a long afternoon.
0: Absolutely. I believe this is a Steelers home game, correct? I believe so. Yeah, so that'll be a big deal as well. Get that home crowd uh, working with the defense and let's bring home a win. Let's get Let's even this thing up to 500 before uh, we get to a pretty tough stretch with uh, Buffalo, Tampa, and uh, who's who's after Tampa. It's uh, – sorry, I don't have the schedule right in front of me. Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, and then Philadelphia all before the bye week. That's going to be uh, quite the stretch there, and the Steelers are going to need to have the best record they can possibly get going into those matchups. All right. Before we get to the second half, and I know we're pushing it off a little bit on you, but we're going to get there. We're going to talk Kenny Pickett versus Mitch Trubisky. But before we do that, it's time for the weekly two-minute drills. Andrew, we're going to start off with you, your two-minute drill on some of the prospects that caught your eye this last week and that you want to keep an eye on moving forward. So I'm going to set a two-minute timer here, and we'll get it going in three Two,
1: one, hit it. Well, if you want to talk about quarterbacks, since we're talking about them in the second half, how about Hendon Hooker of Tennessee? 22 of 28 for 349 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran the ball for 13 times and 112 yards and a touchdown on the ground against Florida, leading them to a big victory. Keep an eye on him in the middle rounds. If there's a scenario where neither Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph for there next year. If hooker doesn't go in the first round, like a few mock drafts are even projecting. Now don't be surprised if he's a guy, the Steelers look at maybe uh, the beginning of day three, if he falls that far, I kind of doubt it at this point, but just a got to keep an eye on, uh, but other positions uh, DJ Turner, I, I haven't talked about too many Michigan prospects in terms of the 2023 draft. DJ Turner is a stud. He needs to fill out his frame. He's not that good against run support yet, but this man as okay, he was marked as a four two eight in the 40 yard dash. And a 6-2-9, a 6, two, nine. A six two, 9 in the three cone. That is unheard of. This man is an athletic freak, and I cannot wait to see what is ahead. He had an interception against Maryland this week. He is a true lockdown corner. He's held some of the best receivers in college. I know George Pickens was limited when Michigan played him last year. Held him to, I believe, one catch for nine yards. You also have, um different receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba. When Turner was actually covering, didn't do a whole lot last year. Jahan Dotson held him in check. DJ Turner's covered some of the best receivers in the Big Ten. I'm excited for him. I think he's a first-round pick at this point. Uh, don't be surprised if he's in play for the Steelers and if the Steelers are picking in the middle of the first. Uh, Bryson Jackson, linebacker from Baylor, only 204 pounds. He's got to add more weight, but add two sacks, one quarterback hurry. Tyler Davis, defensive tackle, 300 pounds, six foot two from Clemson, had two and a half tackles for loss and one and a half sacks from the interior against Wake Forest in their big double overtime win. Ivan Pace, Jr., linebacker from Cincinnati. I mentioned him a couple weeks ago. Six foot, 239 pounds. He had 15 tackles against Indiana. Four of them for a loss, two and a half sacks, and three quarterback hurries. He and his brother are playing lights out for Cincinnati. Keep an eye on him as he continues to rise. I believe he's a day two pick at this point. Was that all right? You didn't give me any 10 seconds? In- I'm
0: sorry. I totally forgot to give you the 10-second warning.
1: <laughs> all right. Check oh, out the man. rest of the website when the article comes up.
0: There you go. Those are some names, man, and I... I watched that Tennessee, Florida game and hooker was insane in that game. Yeah, And you go into that game, uh, with your eyes more on, uh, Richardson for, um, for Florida, but hooker stole the show. And that was a a huge game for, for him. So,
1: and he, and he was the first quarterback for Tennessee since Josh Dobbs to have 300 passing yards and a hundred rushing yards in the same game.
0: That's incredible. And, uh, yeah, just uh, plenty of guys to to keep an eye on there. Cornerback, uh, I like that look at the the Michigan stud there, and he's gonna that's gonna be a position the Steelers are probably gonna look at early in the upcoming draft. So I like that a lot. All right, it's time for good bets and bad bets. Andrew, you got a timer for me?
1: I have a timer. We All still right. got we got to get some sound effects in here. So I know I got to figure that out and, then, and to start off. We got to get you know like and this is Jeremy's good bets. And bad bets. Whoa.
0: There you go. Why don't you just do that every week? We'll we'll record <laughs> that and just play it over the air. With no, I don't know. We do need to get something uh to to add to our uh our sound uh here for sure because I don't just I just don't know if that's gonna do it, Andrew. Not to be not to be mean or anything, but you know, <laughs> I just don't know if that's gonna do it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, man. I, I'm ready. I've got some some things that caught my eye this week in fantasy football. I want to talk to you about.
1: All right, on your mark. Get set. Get talking about Kenny Pickett. No, don't yet. Yeah, don't jump the gun there. I'm Mark. Get set. Go. Yeah, not gonna talk Kenny Pickett, but I am gonna talk
0: uh some good and bad bets uh moving forward. Uh bad bets starting out this week because I keep not getting to them in time, so I want to make sure I get to the bad bets. Uh, because there's some things that I don't like, Jamal Williams. He's having himself a good fantasy year, but that's not why I'm talking about him in bad bets. It's the fact that he is absolutely vulturing carries from DeAndre Swift in the red zone. Man, it's, it makes me pull my hair out every time I, I tune into a a uh, Lions game. And I know Swift had an injury this week, and that messed with it as well. But once they get in the red zone, Jamal Williams comes in, and that just, uh, Swift does all the work to get down there. Let's keep him in. I don't know. They're not doing it. Justin Jefferson shut down two weeks in a row here, and he's probably a guy you spent maybe even a top three pick on in fantasy football drafts going into this season. So you can't like that. Maybe teams are figuring out how to uh, box in the Vikings' number one receiver. Shut down two weeks in a row. Another receiver that I was high on coming into this year, Juju Smith-Schuster in Kansas City. Can't quite get it going with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I've had him in my starting lineup in a couple leagues. All three weeks, and he's had an okay week one, terrible week two, and still in the, eh, wish he could do more range in week three. That's the bad bets. Some good bets that I like this week. Trevor Lawrence's stock is up, 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 looking like the guy that they drafted number one overall a generational talent. Love what he did against the Chargers, and I think it's just going to keep getting better. The weapons around him are crazy as well. Amari Cooper looking good in that Cleveland Browns offense. I really like what he's doing and how Jacoby Percet and uh, Kevin Stefanski are using him in the offense. And then another AFC North team, the Ravens receiving core. The Ravens receiving core is playing out of their minds. Devin DuVernay, Rashad Bateman, and uh, Mark Andrews all killing it. Love it. Yes, I did it this week. Let's go. Whew, man. I felt like I was talking 90 miles an hour. Could you keep up with all the words?
1: <laughs> For the most part. Now, sometimes, and I'll let the listeners know, sometimes on our end, sometimes we cut out a little bit on each other. So, sometimes I can't always pick up everything that comes through, especially when we go fast like that. <laughs> um, but Justin Jefferson, I will say, if you're in a league with someone that's willing to trade him at a discounted yeah. price, Go for it now because I think uh, his schedule is pretty favorable as it gets toward the end of the year. If you start looking toward the playoffs the couple weeks before leading up to that when you may need to get into the playoffs, he's got some favorable matchups. So he's a guy I would not be afraid to go after in a trade.
0: Yeah, and O'Connell's going to figure out how to get him back involved. Defenses might have figured out something, but they'll figure it out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, the moment you've all been waiting for, Andrew Wilbar and I are going to discuss – Cordially, maybe not. Uh, the Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett, who should be the starter for the Steelers in week four. And moving forward, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the Steelers fix. back to the second half of the Steelers Fix. Again, this podcast brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Andrew, we've got a topic here that uh, is all the rage in Steelers Nation, and uh, it's the quarterback battle. It's the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a battle in the preseason. It was a battle in training camp. The Steelers locked in on Mitch Trubisky. He has been the starter through three weeks with – Shall we say less than stellar results, but maybe it's not on the quarterback. We'll talk about that too. Kenny Pickett waiting in the wings. Steelers fans are clamoring for him. A lot of Steelers fans are anyway, ready to see what the young gun can do. So, you know, this is a big topic. So the question we're posing for our debate today is, should Mitch Trubisky get more time to prove what he can do in the Steelers' offense, or should the Steelers turn to Kenny Pickett ASAP? Andrew Wilbar, you're up.
1: Why do I have to go first? Point I'll, counterpoint, I man. Care. I like to
0: be a counterpoint. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll I'm the host. For... I'm
0: I'm I'm controlling this one this week. So
1: fair enough. All right. <laughs> Listen, I said at draft time that Kenny Pickett, for whatever team drafts him, could start him day one be he he was the most pro ready quarterback in the draft class it was not what kenny can brought in someone already that's why the trubisky signing threw me off that's why the picket drafting threw me off when after the sears had already drafted already signed trubisky you bring in a bridge quarterback typically you do it under the expectation that you're getting a guy that you're gonna let sit for a year in which case was going to be malik Willis. That's what. That's why <laughs> I was. I, I, that's why I was stunned when the Steelers drafted Pickett. I, I did. I bought into the rumors too much, and uh, I mean, there was all the talks You know, the Steelers don't do smoke signals. The Steelers don't do smoke signals, and I mean, the Steelers could keep this one under wraps because it was yeah. in Pittsburgh. So it it makes sense now. Uh, but the biggest thing. I- Arquina to train at this point. There is there's nothing really he can do at this point to say he has every piece he needs in that offense. He even has the offensive line. The offensive line is they're not run blocking well. They can't run block to save their lives, but they're at least protecting the quarterback for the most part. The receivers, the route, the I mean, the some of the route choices and stuff, some of them are so simplistic that they're predictable. And then other times it's like he overthinks it and you have re- receivers run out routes toward the sideline, and then you have the tight end running like a curl route in the middle of the field. <laughs> and it is, some of it doesn't make sense. I mean, and this is just like looking at it from the view that I can see on the TV. I'm not looking, I can't, I'm not looking at, you know, the all 22 and stuff, you know, Jeffrey Bendit can break it down much more thoroughly than I can. So trust him with whatever he says, but just the, I mean, it, it just looking at it, the some of the play designs don't make any sense. Where's where's the under center? Where is? Well, I mean, Mitch Trubisky even had some designed runs in Chicago. I mean, it, it, at this point, if the Steelers are confident in Mitch Trubisky's ability to lead the team, but they aren't confident in get in making that decision yet, why not let Mitch be Mitch? Let him run the ball. Let him be hmm. reckless. If he gets injured, I mean, it's a poor way of saying it, but if he gets injured, okay, you have Kenny, but let him play it. If he wants to be reckless, I mean, if you want to talk about a way that would get the, that would win the fans over, a, like a Josh Allen, like trucking a defender you know, on a run where, he, you know, he doesn't slow down, anything like that. And Mitch is capable of doing He's done it before. You know, that would be what could help Mitch and give him the confidence he needs to move forward. I mean, if not, he's going to be injured, then you go with Pickett. But <laughs> if, if he makes that out healthy, I think that's exactly what he needs. And stuff. I mean, how many times have we seen when the pocket begins to collapse – Trubisky had an opportunity to run. He had five, 10 yards in front of him easy, but it's like either he's so hesitant to run. And that's the thing. That's why I think it's Canada and, or either Canada or, or a mixture of Tomlin as well, telling him not to run because Trubisky has always been more of the guy. If you know, he just doesn't like what he sees. He's willing to take off and run it. Now it's like the exact opposite where Canada's telling him, don't take off with the football and run it. But at this point, let Mitch be Mitch. Let Mitch do what he's comfortable with. He seemed to take a step of development in terms of his confidence, mm-hmm. sitting behind Josh Allen, a guy who has a similar play style, just a little bit um, better arm strength. Um, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Let Mitch be Mitch. Let him be reckless with the football. If he's willing to take a hit, go, let him go out there and take a hit. Don't worry about any of this you know, ultra conservative stuff. Give Mitch the opportunity to be him because I am i don't regret saying that the Steelers should have brought in Mitch Trubisky this offseason. I do regret saying, though, that Matt Canada was could be potentially a perfect fit for what Trubisky does, because based on what we saw with Canada at times at Wisconsin at Pitt, it seemed like the offense would have been perfect for Trubisky. That's not the same offense Canada is running right now.
0: Yeah, man, I see where you're coming from. You know, you the talk all offseason was Trubisky is going to be um, the perfect fit for Matt Canada's offense and be able to run it the way it's designed to be run. And so far we're not seeing it work. So, you know, I see where you're coming from. But to me, Mitch Trubisky just doesn't look comfortable back there. He doesn't look like he's able to process the field in a way that uh becomes a professional quarterback. And the if the first read's not there, he's busting out of the pocket and you know, not taking advantage of the protection that he's been getting from the offensive line. And trying to hit receivers that are well-covered when there's wide open guys down the middle of the field. And, uh, you know, his his total <clears throat> rejection of the middle of the field. We saw a picture today on Twitter of the Steelers resotting the middle of the field, and it was just a brown bear uh, center to the field all the way down from end zone to end zone. And I was like, just leave it that way. They don't use it. Mitch Trubisky doesn't use the middle of the field. He doesn't hit those guys. If you watch the Cleveland game, he threw four passes to the middle of the field. Three completions, one incompletion. And three of those four came on the final drive where they went down to score a field goal in their hurry up to try to give themselves a shot on an onside kick to come back and win that game. All that being said, Trubisky just, he doesn't seem confident back there. He looks like as soon as he catches the snap that it's just deer in the headlights. And it's like if the first read isn't there, then he's throwing up a prayer. To one of these wide receivers and hoping that they can make a play, or he's running for his life and ends up taking a sack because he's not willing to uh, just cut it up the field and and like you're saying, take the running play uh, or throw it away. And so I just don't think he's making decisions the way he needs to, and that's why I say bring in Kenny. It can't be worse than what Trubisky's doing, and we already know that Kenny Pickett just oozes confidence. We don't have to be concerned about that. He's ready to step in right away and lead as a confident quarterback because that's that's his ball game. He's gonna come in and he's gonna immediately provide you leadership level uh confidence in the passing game. And maybe he doesn't have a full total command of the offense, but could it be any less than Mitch Trubisky? I mean, Trubisky's been there a month longer than he has, so You know, I, I don't know if it's, I know Matt Canada does have some blame in this. I'm not saying he doesn't, but to me, if Mitch was seeing the field, right. And if Mitch was making the right reads and if Mitch was allowing himself to settle down in the passing game, I think it would be a lot better for the Steelers. And that's why I think you bring in Kenny because he already has that and he can't be worse as a passer than what we've seen out of Trubisky so far.
1: I'll tell you the worst scenario that would happen. It's that Kenny Pickett is slightly better than Mitch Trubisky is right now, and good enough for the Steelers to keep Canada around, but not good enough to where we know we know that Kenny Pickett is going to be better than what he would play. Let's say at this level, this you know narrative, this potential level that he's playing at, enough for the Steelers to keep Matt Canada around. Now, I don't think the Steelers are going to fire Canada until they give Kenny Pickett a shot with him. But the the point being is that is Matt Canada being fair to Mitch Trubisky? Hmm. If Kenny Pickett comes in and does well, we have to reevaluate the offense and see if that same offense is being run. Because if the same offense isn't being run, it was a hoax all this time. And, you know, Canada, you know, either he, for some reason, he didn't like Trubisky or Pickett was his guy and he wanted, and the Steelers wanted to put Pickett in a position for success or to make the pick look, you know, even better. Um, just based on comparison, the comparison that there is in Mitch Trubisky, I, I just to me it's either one of two things: either Canada's not being allowed to run the same offense, and that's due to Mike Tomlin, or Matt Canada is not running the same offense because he doesn't want Trubisky to succeed. He wants Pickett to be the guy, and I don't think either scenario is a good scenario for the Steelers. It's either on Tomlin, who I believe is a good leader, but I'd still not sold that he's an excellent coach. He he is there. There's no coach in the NFL that I think has done less with more than maybe Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett. Based mm-hmm. on the talent the Steelers have had since the days of Bill Cowher, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be a head coach, but the prove it without Ben Roethlisberger prove it that you can do something because it looks like it you know this is the one reason why I'm a little bit hesitant about it all being on Matt Canada is because he's run the same offense every place he's gone it's been the same style of offense with the jet sweeps the motions under center everything like that now everything's changed now is Mike Tomlin the one still holding some strings and saying you know Hey, not this, not that. In my opinion, Tomlin's not a good play caller, defensive or offensive. And he's not the greatest with personnel as we've seen with his defensive backs drafting. And he's supposed to be a defensive backs guru. He was a former defensive backs coach. He should know that I mean, I mean, he I believe if I remember right, as he grew up, he kind of played wide receiver. So he should know the opposite side of that as well. And where have the Steelers struggled the most? It's been there, not at linebacker. The Steelers have done well at linebacker. Well, Keith Butler was a linebacker's genius. Dick LeBeau was a linebacker's genius. I mean, he knew his linebacker's defensive lineman, Carl Dunbar. The Steelers do well where they have good position coaches, and Tomlin keeps his hands off. But when Tomlin gets involved with the play calling, I'm not saying I can prove this, but why is Matt Kanda? We have to figure out why Matt Kanda's running a different offense because this is not the same offense that he's running there. If Mitch Trubisky, what fits his play style is what Matt Canada ran in his previous places, and he's not running it here. I just don't know if Trubisky,
0: if they're comfortable, and if Trubisky's comfortable enough with how it works to to make it work.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I don't think... Is, though, it, it's not that far off from what Matt Nagy ran, not in so much in terms of the motions, mm-hmm. but in mixing it up from under center to shotgun, allowing Trubisky to get outside the pocket and make plays. When they had success in 2018, that was what worked, and it looks as if the Steelers aren't giving Trubisky the freedom to take off and run. it. They aren't giving him the freedom to get outside the pocket and make plays. We saw that throw to Pickens outside outside the pocket. That throw to Pat Frymouth in Week One that was across the grain. We're like, you know, wow, that was you know that was an impressive throw. You know, this guy has it in him. It was when he was outside the pocket. His best throws come outside the pocket when he can improvise or when he can take off and run it. If there's nothing there, he's more comfortable there. And based on the Steelers' circumstance. I don't see why you don't at this point. Give him an opportunity to just be him. No huddle. That's the other thing. Matt Nagy loved, and all Kansas City teams, they can pick it up. They'll pick it up tempo at the drop of a hat just randomly. And that's when Trubisky says best. That's when all Steelers teams have been at their best. Really, going back to the days of Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers have always done well with no huddle, at least in my lifetime. Why the Steelers aren't doing more of that is kind of beyond me at this point, especially since the run game's not doing a whole lot anyways. Just do no huddle if you're going to be a pass-heavy offense. But
0: see, when you talk about Trubisky and and just and the offensive coordinator uh, you know who coaching is it the issue or or is it Trubisky? I think it's Trubisky. I, I just don't think the coaches have enough confidence in him to make plays uh because when he gets out of the pocket, he's afraid to run. It's not that they're telling him not to, it's that he's afraid to go
1: do that. If they didn't have confidence in him though, watch- why first place they knew what he was capable of and what he was not capable of he's put out both good and bad tape
0: yeah but the problem is that the tape he's putting out for them is inconsistent and so they're using him as like obviously as like a bridge quarterback here but they're not willing to see that Kenny Pickett could be the better option because he brings a confidence to him, and he's just going to go out there and do what needs to be done. The reason Mitch is struggling is because Mm -hmm. when he gets outside the pocket, he doesn't see the field well. When they go no huddle, it works because it's quick read, quick read, quick read, and he can hit those. And he's not having to go through all these progressions and everything. But when they slow it down, when they try to hold the ball, and when they get into third and eight or – Um, you know, second and long and, and, you know, the defense is coming at you. He gets, he sees ghosts. He starts scrambling before he needs to. And he can't go to his, his second and third read uh, without looking like a deer in the headlights. And I think that's the problem. Not necessarily the coaches are saying Trubisky, just be so careful with this football because our defense can win. You don't have TJ Watt right now. Why would they say we, our defense will lead us to victory if you just don't make mistakes. If their best player on defense isn't on the field, I don't get that thought process. If that's what they're having, then that's absolutely insane. Trubisky's got to go out and win football games, and if, if if they're saying no to that, then you know they shouldn't be coaches. That's on the player to me, not the not the coaches.
1: Like the law of compensation. If 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 can be playing conservative isn't working, get aggressive with it. And you you, yeah, you use, you use can't every play tool aggressive. imaginable before you make the move. You use whatever thing imaginable. I mean, there's there's literally two, out of the three scenarios, There's two. It'd be a Tomlin's fault because he would have had a part in bringing him in in the first place, which I don't think is the problem. It's his fault if saying you know you know he doesn't wa- he wants a conservatively run offense because it's not the same that Matt ganser running, which is possible. Flat out, Canada's fault feel like the Steelers are putting Trubisky in a way for failure. All I need is one week of the Steelers running that Matt Kanda ran in college. He has seen him run well before where he is free to do whatever he is confident in the most. If that's taking off and running, truck a linebacker and get a cheer from the crowd, even if that's not the smart move for his body, give him what he needs to do with the football to give him a chance to be the true leader of this team. Because remember, if you go with Kenny, you can't go back on that after that. If something doesn't go well with Kenny, that's it. You can't go back to Trubisky after that. You've just told him you do not trust in his ability to lead this team. So if you're going with Kenny right now, there's no going back. Kenny is your quarterback from now until he's not. And that's not going to be any time in the future. Uh, Well, I just think, yeah,
0: yeah. they've been talking about how, you know, Mitch is experienced and that's going to help us here. It hasn't helped. His experience has not helped because he's not seeing the field. <laughs> and uh, whether you whether you blame some of the play calling on Canada, it's not like Canada's not running routes to the middle of the field. There's guys in the middle of the field and you're ignoring a whole portion of the field where you should have a strength. Chase Claypool from the slot, Pat Fryermuth, uh lining up tight and, and in the slot. Those guys are matchup nightmares in the middle of the football field. See, a lot of the slot routes are
1: for the receiver on the out receiver, whether he's running a deep post, running that. A lot of times, you see them going toward the side.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. You were cutting in and out there a little bit, so maybe oh. say what you were saying again. I, I, I missed that. Sorry.
1: From what I've seen, and again, I, you know the. the week against new england i would not see the full game live the there are a lot of times what i've seen is what whoever the Steelers are putting in the slot mm. it's been used a lot as a decoy more as especially if deontay johnson if he's run a deep wide straight they're using that as a way to get the linebacker to go off to the right, to open up the middle of the field, but you still don't have a receiver going over the middle of the field um, and taking advantage of that. But I've seen multiple instances where a slot receiver, which has been Trace Claypool multiple times, just like a little bit. I know the listeners can't see it, but I'm putting up my hand for Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling out a Madden, you know, you know, we've got a, there you go. <laughs> a scribble on the screen here where you've got the receiver Rope, pretty much just, it, it, you have, you know, uh, If you have your outside receiver going deep, they're using it, especially against when the defense is in zone, they're using the slot receiver and just usually doing like a simple out toward the sideline to draw the linebacker over to the outside. But there's nobody over here coming out, whether the X receiver is running an option route. If he's running an option route, that's on the receiver. But to be able to recognize that there is a hole now, where the linebacker originally mm-hmm. was, but they're not playing another receiver. This would be an area where even you bring back the old trips, bunch formation that Steelers fans did not like, but the Steelers did have some success with it when you yeah. had Antonio Brown using that. And then you could use, you know, a Marcus Wheaton as a decoy toward the edge or having a receiver running um, a reverse curl route, you know, curling back toward inbounds instead of from the slot instead of. curl.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I see where you're coming from and it, Canada has a lot of blame in this because his offense is—it's not working for the players that they brought in for his offense. So I understand that, and I would
1: be not a slight against Mitch Trubisky. I feel like he is capable of starting. Is that I don't feel a fair shot. If this was the same offense that I felt that I expected Canada to run from what we had seen from him in his previous stops, I'd have here. It's that. It's different. Mm. Whether they feel Mitch is capable or not, give him a chance on game day and prove it to all of us one way or the other. If you okay, say you believe he is not capable of running the offense that we want to run, run it anyways, and prove that he isn't. That's yeah. to me, it, it just try well uh, on the field. I, I think he's just, going
0: I think he is going to prove that he can't. I just think that's the case. And
1: I just okay, uh, all right, that's fine.
0: But <laughs> I, let's at least prove it. Let's at least prove it. He's had three games. Three games to do not it Not in that offense. This is a totally different offense. Week totally one, they offense. ran all the sweeps, all the jets, all the, the stuff that you wanted to see, and he couldn't do anything
1: with it. And then it's in week the two. Ability to allowing him to roll out. Where's the play-action rollouts? Where yeah. are things like that, the play-action rollouts, to get him to go you know, outside the pocket and make plays with his feet? We're not.
0: They don't trust him to be able to turn. Turn his back to the field and then flip around and see what's going on.
1: Again, whether or whether or not the trust is I give him one full opportunity, whether okay. the trust is there or not, because at this point it's not one of these if yeah. it ain't working, they're not moving the ball. So at this point, give him a chance before you hand over the reins to at least give hmm. uh that we thought he was gonna be playing in. All right, well. I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree
0: on this, which was the point of the whole thing anyway. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I totally, I, I see where you're coming from. It, it makes sense uh, from the perspective of, you know, just get out there and, and do what you were planning to do and see if he can make it work. But I don't know. I think, I think you'd have a better shot bringing in the rookie and letting him try it. And uh, it can't be worse. It could be a lot better. Could be. So Anyway, that's a wrap on our uh, first take style debate club here, and that was fun, Andrew. Um, hopefully, you're not upset with me. I'm not upset with you. No, no I think no. I think we had we can be friends again after tonight. So, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> all right, cool deal. So uh, that's gonna do it for us on the Steelers fix. We'll be back again next week, and uh, we'll talk. Steelers Jets, how that went down, and then we'll uh, again have our two minute drills and uh, another topic for you. Um, you can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew underscore Wilbar. And Andrew, you got anything coming up on the website, real quick uh, before we go?
1: Check out the weekly draft articles. You know what? I didn't get through in the two minute drill. It's gonna be in the article. On uh, usually runs on like Wednesday or Thursday, so just keep an eye out for that. And then. Um, Usually it runs on Saturday right before the noon games, um, just kind of a primer for the day, you know, guys to watch for in the biggest games um, in terms of draft prospects. So keep an eye on that. There's going to be some big games this weekend. I know you got mm-hmm. NC state and Clemson, a lot of eyes will be on Devin Leary, but NC state has a couple other intriguing prospects as does Clemson. Although they have not always played up to par so far this year.
0: All righty. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 T H E B E T And I'll have a new power rankings coming out as well as a fantasy starts and sits for Steelers and Jets. You can follow both Andrew Wilbar and me on Twitter and on the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com website. Don't forget to check out our other shows and all the online content as well. For Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts. The Steelers fixes out. Have a great day.